from very elegant Sir Dragon A. Then came Mawunga. A Dave sits back in the field from Mugger 2 and think it over's last of all. So Dallasan takes the lead at the mile mark. By length on the three-year-old Mawunga and Very Elegant gets a trailing position third. She just wants to over race a bit and quickly a Dave whipped up on the outside. She's still fooling around a bit Very Elegant and a Dave moved up on the outside. So Very Elegant back to fourth now. Followed by Mugger 2 who slides along the rail. So a Dave's foot three wide at this point. Further back to Sir Dragon A and think it over's last of all. So it's the long price Dallasan on the back up from the Doncaster showing the way by length on Mawunga. Adeba's inching close to the outside. Marquin didn't want to sit wide for any much longer there and he put Adeba up in second spot now and Mugger too got to third inside Mawunga. Then think it over now very elegant who was keen in the early stages. She's got shuffle back through the field. She's second last now and Sir Dragonet's last of all. So Dallasan in front. Adeba got to a clear second out the 800 metres. Mugger too's got a great position followed then by Mawunga. 
Wonga, followed by Think It Over. Now McDonald peels out him very elegant. He starts his run on the mare, and Sir Dragon A sits back and looking to get onto her back now. At the 600 metres, Dallas Ann in front from a day. She starts a run very elegant, rolling up on the outside of Mwonga. Mugger 2 boxed up on the inside. Sir Dragon A tracks the mare and Think It Over as the field really starts to bunch. He goes full bore on a day. Very elegant, circle the field. And now very elegant, moved up to a day. They beat off Dallas Ann. Two further back to Sir Dragon A. It's a Dave. He's fighting. Very elegant the outside. She's trying her hardest. It's a Dave and very elegant in a ripping finish. A Dave's lifting. He fends off very elegant and Dallas Ann. And a Dave goes back to back. The beast of Britain's done it. A Dave by three quarters to very elegant. Dallas Ann third. Then think it over from Sir Dragon A. Mugger two. And Mawunga was last in. <laughs> Good morning everyone, welcome to Thoroughbred Weekly after a memorable day there at Royal Randwick yesterday. He did it once 12 months ago, a Dave, and he came back and did it again. How hard is that to do, to travel back and forth from the UK to Australia and take on our very best? It was billed as a big match race between a Dave and Very Elegant, and they ran one too. But the entire field finished together in that Queen Elizabeth Stakes to give us one of the most memorable days at Royal Randwick. Ron Doversy and Lizzie Jelfs enjoyed it alongside me. It was uh, one of those races we will remember and a horse we will remember forever. Amazing performance to come back and do it again and uh, the circumstances around it and uh, Tom, his first winner in front of a group one winner in front of a crowd. Um, a day, a sad day for, for England when they had the funeral of Prince, Prince Philip. He had the black armband on and I'm I'm sure the Queen would have even watched that happen. All hunt, she loves the horse racing. Um, it was just a great result. It was a great result. I was so pleased for Tom Marquand. He is he, like a lot of jockeys, but he's just—he's sort of affectionately one of our own, isn't he? He's just come here and he gives every every inch of his time. He's always giving to the press and promoting racing in a positive light. And yesterday, I actually spoke to him on Friday and said to him. Um, you know, he was sort of worried about the track and like everyone was, we'll get to that later. But he did say to me, he'd won his group ones all without a crowd. And he said it would have been magic, you know, to be able to get a crowd. So he really wanted to win this Queen Elizabeth. And you could see him lapping it up. And he's not an emotional guy, but he definitely had a bit of a lump in his throat. And it was, um, yeah, just wonderful to see. Really pleased for him and the horse and all the connections. Mm. Leading into the race, the conditions were not going to be ideal for a Dave. Uh, William Haggis, who we spoke to on Tuesday, uh, said he's not at his best on good ground. And on Saturday morning when we woke up, we were given a good four rating, but they did water the track with two mils of irrigation the night before. That track, as it turns out, from the outset, was never, never a good four. I think everyone surely has to agree with that. You've only got to look at times, and there's so many experts out there now that analyse these tracks thick and thin, and they, they don't get it wrong. He, I was worried, well firstly, um, we upgraded this track from a 7 to a 6, the last race last Saturday, this last Saturday week. It took five days of the best days you've ever seen. 29 degrees. 29 degrees, every day. We didn't get to a soft 5 until late Thursday afternoon, late Thursday afternoon, and then the forecast is for no wind, 19 degrees, cold day, 50% of showers, and they put two mils, two mils of water on the track. Everyone's just shaking their head. I had Mark Newnham on 
the radio and he's a straight shooter on Saturday morning. And he says, I rode the gallop this morning. Um, this track's a bit soft. Alarm bells are going off straight away, straight away. Um, the times, everything, you know, you just look at the horses. You know, Graceful Glamour's a classic case. Got beat 28 lengths. Natoya's a wet tracker. Natoya's a wet tracker. You know, look at it, that. It, it didn't dis it, it advantaged horses that handled the cut in the track, and that mm. shouldn't have been so when we were getting to a good four. It, <clears> I think <throat> the biggest issue is, is that the two mils of water went on the track. Yeah, a big issue. And and I think it would have still been <clears throat> fine for a day. I'm not saying it would have changed the result. No way in the world. But it is something that natural irrigation should be, over the winter months, that's what we should be using. You, you put the two mils of irrigation on because you are afraid it is going to be rock hard. Oh, come off it. That, no, that's why they put the two mils on. So they, what, about, what about two weeks before and Wado's breaking track records? I agree, Does it matter then? I agree with you. But you put the water on if you believe it's going to be too hard. That track was never going to be too hard. Never, never, it ever. It didn't need two mils of rain, no. of, of irrigation. And someone had the hide to say to me yesterday, oh, it's a directive to have these, uh, these tracks starting off as, uh, you know, with giving the track for these horses, you know. That's never been a directive no. in Sydney. No. It's been in Victoria, I, I cop that. But it's never been a directive and, in Sydney. And I also have, you know, had the, a lot of trainers spoke to me yesterday about the track and, and asked ask the question. I couldn't give them the answer. Why have they put water on this track? This track is not what we expected we were going to get. So it's it's disappointing when you prep up your horse for a grand final and a small minor, you know, I don't know why they did it, but that's what's happened. Lizzie, the ongoing problem is going to be when you pick up the race book yes. and the form guide for future race meetings. And it says good. It says good for, mm. and that is incorrect. Yeah, and you're putting times into your computer, 1109 for 1200 or something on a good four. That wasn't a good win. Uh, mm. it, it spits out all that information. You've got to adjust all that. It should have been downgraded. As, it like, should have been. That's what should have happened. I spoke to Glenn Boss, and I saw he did an interview with the with the tab with the digital. I saw Rachel King, and they all said the same thing. That The track has got a lot of giving it. It's more a, a soft track. Mm. Look, it's an outdoor sport. We live with what was thrown up in front of us. You know, I can tell, tell you a few Hall of Fame trainers that they're happy to run on good threes every day of the week. You know, they're, they're, it's different trainers have got different theories. Some say, oh, my horses jar up. Some say, I've never had a horse jar up in my life. You know, you've got unsound horses. You see horses pull up better from good tracks than they do from, from wet tracks. Uh, a lot better. Um, some, you, know, it's, you don't see horses spread out at 30 lengths on, on dry tracks. They're all giving the ho horses are happy to run. Anyway, and, um, and I want to make a point. I'm not having a go at Michael Wood. He is the best we've got. And he's a, he's a straight shooter. He'll probably put his hand up and say, mm, maybe we shouldn't have done that. So uh, it's not an attack. But it's, it, not it, an att it's hard enough to find a winner when you know what track you're getting, not when you get to the races and you don't know what track you're well, getting, which, which, it's, it's difficult enough doing the form. So for punters, it's it's not good enough. Mm. Why change the goalposts on when everything's been going really well with these tracks and we change, want to change the rules and goalposts? It's just different. Anyway, we've got that out of the road now and we can move on. Talk can about we go, some good before we uh, before we talk about the finish, can we go back to the start and have a look at the helicopter shot of this entire race because it tells the whole story. They jump away, Duff, and Dave is that bit slow to move. He's not leading. We've got Dallasan going to the front, but the McDonald Marquan tussle in these early stages is is interesting. Well, yeah, well, McDonald didn't want to be shoved to the fence, and he wanted you know horses. He, he moved there for 
mug or two to get up inside him because he knew a day was about to make a move. So he says, I'm, I don't want you outside me. I want you three deep so you can pour some bit, bit more speed into this race. So McDonald was adamant he didn't want to be pushed to the fence here. And he's, he's praying for Bowman to go up inside him here. And that's where it happened. And he was he was nearly got there, Tom. He was going to shove McDonald straight on that fence. And then that forces Tom to make a move. But that's not hardly a move. They're, they're cantering at this stage. And it was probably... Uh, Kerry McAvoy was wise to go forward and he's got the best result out of his horses leading here. Um, I was surprised he waited so long considering um, you know, considering Adabe is such a one pacer, but Tom waited longer than I thought and then I thought about here, I said, Glenn Boss is going to go. He he's probably gonna... travelled better though, didn't he, Adabe, with the blinkers I, on? I think it was a masterstroke. And horses that have, as you know, horses that have blinkers on for the first time, they're always the risk of missing the start. Yeah, which exactly Young or old did. horses. And that's exactly what he did. But I must say, even though he went slower, he did travel much better mid-race with those blinkers. And he, tra and he dragged Tom into the turn. And what a contest here. We've got all these horses here bunched up and ready to go. And I thought, and then... McDonald had to make a move here. He 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 just they just got it too soft, and she got back to her old light mouth habits during that race. Cause that was only tempo related. But look at him here. There's a length and a half covering a lot of them, and he's just you know the British Bulldog is a really good name for him because that's just him. He is a, a an absolute fighter. This horse, and he's did everyone proud. There's there's no doubt about it. She went down in a blaze of glory. Uh, I, I I'm. Uh, very elegant. She, you know, just wasn't run to suit her like most in that race. Delasan was good. Well, you can go through. Think it over. Was amazing. Mm. The thing he missed last week and can back up in a race like that and really tough it out that last bit as well. Yeah, amazing. Uh, and he beat the in the Ranvet. It was the other way round by the same margin as well. They'll be linked forever. These two horses. They will. And I think that we should give credit to Chris Waller for being such a good competitor mm. to William Haggis and same with James McDonald and, and both very elegant. She lost no admirers yesterday. She's just an absolute, you know, superstar. I having a look through what a few of the beaten brigade said, and Glenn Boss actually put his hands up and said, probably not my most intelligent ride. I should have probably taken off a bit earlier and made it into a more of a mm. staying test. So he was quoted saying that and. Obviously, it just didn't suit him the way that he rose to Dragonet. This is a great shot. This is the uh, jockey cam on Mawanga. So we've got the bird's eye view of every move that Tom Marquand wants to make. Dallasan in front of Adabe as they come up towards the home turn and in a moment, Very Elegant should be chiming in. There's a moment here coming up around the home turn where um, Adabe just scoots away from Mawanga. It's all, they're, they're, they're almost level, they're, they're going to be level there for a moment, he's very elegant, and then off he goes, and he pinches a length on Mwanga, and now the fight's on. Yeah, it was a dead set fight from here on in, because they're really sprinting home, and um, he, yeah, he just out-toughed them, didn't he? Uh, but amazing race, you know, 2.6 lengths covering the whole field, everyone got a cheer out at some stage, you know, the crowd roared. I must say... I was left flat. Us race, some race girls got to have a good hard look at themselves. Uh, we might be spoilt with this winks. I, I got winks in my head every yeah. time when they cheered and cheered and cheered. Yeah. And, and obviously everyone cheered their horse home here. But coming back to start scale, I would have thought a performance like that deserves, you know, a, a reception. And honestly, I didn't hear one clap. I, I think, you know, punters and race goers and horse enthusiasts should... I, th I think we should encourage them to, you know, really give that 
performance, the, 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 the applause that it deserved. Oh, you're right. The, the, the Winx thing has got us mesmerised and we, we got it every time she raced. That horse, we, we, we shouldn't have been able to hear ourselves. No. Uh, talk to each other in close proximity. It should have we should been have deafening. Been, we should have been pausing for the applause for yeah. that horse. It's, Return it's, to scale uh, applause. It, it, it's very hard though, I must make a point, because the public are away from where the horse returns back and every time I hear a cheer, I always hear the public cheering, which is over to the right where of the winning post. And I think that if we're talking about moaning about things, I think that they, they're segregated from them. They can't see the horses coming back. That's all the owners are... So there's only one set, there's no owners for this horse, remember? Yeah. There's only connections okay. and everyone else. So I think that that's probably the problem. There is, there is, there was definitely lots of cheers coming back on the other side, but they don't get the opportunity to see the horse. Okay, I'll blame COVID and forgiving and all that. But you I... haven't been allowed to cheer for 12 months. I know. You think... We've, only, we've <laughs> yeah. only just begun to start singing again um, in public. Women Duff hasn't been out the front for 12 months <laughs> Oh, he either. came out twice yesterday. Well, well, he came out twice yesterday. Here's another great view. This is from the tracking cam, the vehicle that follows them on the inside That's of the course. Boy, look at him here. Anything. She actually really got to him, didn't she? Yep. And um, and Dallasan, what a great run from him as well to, to run so well in a Doncaster and back it up there, and really fight it out to his best form as well. Look at them cheering there though during the race. Oh, the race! They were loud. They were loud because the majority of punters were on very elegant. She started a very well backed favourite, but he was holding his mark and he came in late. He got to a price of what Duff about three sixty. Uh, yeah, he got to 360 and then he got into 310, I think, at the finish. Yes. They come for him. You know, I think we might have said on Thursday, as soon as he gets to a mark, they're not going to let him get out any further than that, and they did not. And maybe more so when they saw, well, there's a bit of jar out of this track today. We can't, um, we can't let him go around without saving on him. Uh, but This was billed all week and for many weeks, for many weeks, as a clash that you want to go to Ranwick to see and there's always the potential for something like this to be a fizzer when there's a match race on the offing and someone spoils the apple cart but we got them we got them fighting it out we got the two horses fighting the finish out of Dave and very elegant and that's exactly what the punters wanted the surprise was the bunched finish no one was expecting that well that comes down to tempo Mm. That comes down to a slowly run race and a sprint home where they're all, you know, all those horses are capable of coming home in 35 seconds, even on that sort of track anyway. So it just comes down to who wants it the most. And all those horses had a real dig. And that's why we get such a bunch finish, 2.6 lengths, because of a bit of a typical wait for age, you know, tactical battle. And then they all let loose at the same time. And obviously usually the best horse, the, the biggest will to win comes out on top and the two big guns mm. just come out on top there. Uh, Isabella Paul has been the travelling foreman for William Haggis. It's a, a massive job for her to undertake. Last year it was Harry Eustace looking after the horse. He's moved on to train in his own right. So Isabella Paul has been the young lady who has been looking after this uh, wonderful, wonderful import. And yesterday she got the shock of a life 
It was very unexpected as she was well, cheering a Dave to the line. I thought it was a little bit amusing that one of her friends there, she gets about a 40 metre run up and just hits her in the solar plexus there. It was a back row of St George, he'd probably had three weeks on the bench <laughs> here. <laughs> it wouldn't be the sin bin, be, you know, rubbed her out for three months. That's, that's foul play. <laughs> 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 oh dear, let's, um, let's go and hear from uh, William Haggis. He was good enough to join Duff and I straight after the last race yesterday. Here's our conversation with him. I set off uh, when they were going in the stalls watching it in my sitting room with my uh, wife and Michael Hills who rides a lot of work for me and I've known all my life and my son and then I went out into the yard to see the staff who were all huddled around the television and I just watched it with them but I didn't watch much because uh, one of the girls said to me after they'd gone about three furlongs oh I feel sick and uh, I felt pretty similar but uh, it was a very emotional moment for us very emotional when I saw him uh, with about a furlong to run I thought he would take some beating um, he traveled much better today and I'd like to thank Tom in particular for that because it was his call to put the blinkers on and it's proved right. And this is a most genuine horse, but he's getting lazy and he was very rusty in the Ranvet and he's, he's improved today. Well, last year he bounced out of uh, this race and he looked fantastic when he went home, when he got home. And, uh, and you know, we really were waiting for Ascot. Um, I don't know what we'll do. I've put him in a group one race um, towards the end of May in Ireland. Uh, the Tussles Gold Cup, but it'll much depend on him. Uh, you know, we can't keep flogging him, although he doesn't miss a season. Um, we have a different system here in that we have to keep them on their metal for a lot of the year. So um, we'll see. But uh, I think the race I'd like to try and win with him this year is the Eclipse, which is a, a Group 1 uh, 10 furlong race at the beginning of July. But, um, you know, he, he's done his bit. He's quite an old man like his trainer now, and uh, I, I'm extremely proud of him and proud of everyone who's uh, done such a fantastic job. She's quite young, Izzy, and she'd only been with us for eight months or something, and uh, I, I knew she'd be able to step up to it. It's quite a daunting thing, especially this year, because Adey was, was a known horse, um, whereas last year he was a little bit under the radar until he won the Ranvit. Um, but she's coped with the pressure very well. She's worked her socks off, both of them have, and she deserves all the applause she's going to get. And she, I, I spoke to her briefly after a day one, and the excitement in her voice is what uh, makes us do all this. It was fantastic, and every trainer will tell you it's a team effort. I put the idea and the dream in place, and then I have a fantastic team to execute. It's headed by my wife. And Izzy and Safid have been very much part of that. But there's lots that went on before in quarantine here while they were in a hotel in Sydney in quarantine. So it's, it's been a great effort and I'm immensely proud and, and obviously delighted. I'm very keen uh, that international racing should be encouraged. And obviously the prize money is a, is a big carrot for us in the Northern Hemisphere to come down to you. But I think, uh, in particular, Chris Waller is particularly sporting, always looking for the challenge of coming up to uh, England to take us on. And I, I'd like to thank him. He was the first call I had 
as they pass the line. And that shows the sporting nature of the man and uh, as honourable in defeat as he is in victory. Well, um, I think he's going to be coming for a long time, yeah, I think William so. Haggis. A long time. Yeah, he's worked it out. He knows what types he's needed. And um, well, I'm sure if that horse is sound, he'll be back next year defending that title with the mm. success he's had. Can he? Yeah, Derek? of course he can. As long as he'll be he eight. He'd he'd he'll be eight. That's he right. seems like he conserves his energy for the majority of his time, doesn't he? He's not. Mm. Tom said he's not a good worker. He doesn't show anything on the track. Generally, those horses they, they last. last a long time because yeah. they don't, you know, they don't sort of mm. knock themselves around. So there was a line that Isabella gave to me in the pre-race interview before the Sydney Cup. I said, "How how is a David?" And she said, "Oh, he's being a bit of a pig down there yeah. in, the, in the thing, which is a great sign, you know, when he he's when he's like still. that. He wouldn't yeah. stand still when he's like that. It's a, he's on song. He's only had twenty. That was only his tw twenty-second start, so he hasn't mm. been over." Yeah. Overtaxed, that's for sure. He's over six million Australian dollars now. Incredible. In prize money. Yeah, he's done a great job. And it shows you what confidence can do, not only for jockey, but also horse as well. When he came here, won the Randvet and then won the Queen Elizabeth, and then he went back and he ran second in the Prince of Wales on a good track, mm -hmm. and then he went and won the Champion Stakes at the end of last year. It shows you the sort of the confidence it can give these horses to continue on. And obviously coming back and well the, the rest is history where, where does the he's, he's saying there's a group one race in ireland in late may but then in the early july the eclipse where does the eclipse stand in yeah it's in one racing? of one of the the great races i think so you think won the eclipse so it has been won by a bit of an australian connection mm. so it was it was a great it's a, it's after ascot so it's one of those it's a group one 10 furlong race mm. let's yeah. go and uh, must mention Tom as well. I think that Tom Marquand's done an uh, incredible job springboarding his career basically from Australia mm. back to the UK and then coming back again. And I think next time I said to him, please, can you bring Holly? Yeah. We'd love to see her riding over well, here as well. that would be a story. Would be a great mm. story because she's highly successful as, like he is. Mm. She, she is a, an extremely popular sports figure in the UK. Not, uh, was she, is she a bigger name than him over there? Yep. She is? Yep. Okay. Uh, she was she was nominated for the British Sports Person of the Year. Of the year and who yeah. beat her? Lewis uh, Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton beat her. <laughs> Close race. <laughs> <laughs> she's a big deal. It was she's a big it. deal. Yeah. yeah. She's broken the glass ceiling. So she's and she's. There's a. I saw an interview with her. I think it was early on, and they said, you know, what was some of your success? And there was one time she was going past the post and one of the senior jockeys said to her you know you're not freaking strong enough don't know why you're doing this job and she obviously you know took it all in and she's trained really hard because she's quite small mm -hmm. and she's does a lot of weights and she she trains really really hard to make herself a lot stronger because of her stature and I never found well I did find out who the jockey was but I won't I won't say who don't it give is him up. I won't give him up but um, yeah, very, very well-known jockey over there. So she, she probably thanks him every day. Exactly. Uh, let's go and hear from uh, Isabella Paul after the race and also uh, Lizzie's interview with uh, Aussie Tom, or COVID Tom, because he's, <laughs> yes. been the, he's been the real star through COVID, and also uh, one of the part owners of very elegant Brace Sokolsky. It's phenomenal what a star he is. Um, so, yeah, over the moon. Just tell us what you were thinking during the race because he, he didn't lead, which many thought he could. Oh, just, yeah, Tom got him in a great position and he obviously jumped a little bit slow, but, um, yeah, 
we trust Tom, he's, he's the best, so, yeah. The fitness had to kick in, didn't it, yeah. today? He, he really needed that. Yeah, yeah, completely, and, and particularly where the ground probably wouldn't have suited him as much, so, yeah, absolutely thrilled with him and, and how he's gone. How do you feel travelling around the world and looking after these two horses, this bloke in particular, how difficult it is to come across to Australia and prepare these horses. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I'm, I just feel like the luckiest person in the world currently, so um, yeah, just going to enjoy it. Have you spoken to the boss yet? <laughs> no, not yet, no. He'll be happy yes, again. I think he will. Honestly, Honestly last, last year, year um, it was, was incredible, incredible but, but I, I, I couldn't help but sort of a few months later think what a shame it was for a day of Safid. Um, to, to come down here and, and win a, a race of this magnitude with no crowd and I thought I was unlucky and um, now I realise I'm twice as lucky because I did it once, ran my first group one winners here last year without a crowd and it's almost like doing it all over again and um, having the atmosphere here is just incredible and I mean what a, what a phenomenal bid from William Haggis to bring him back down here because um, I'm not going to lie, at, at points I was probably sceptical as, as many were and um, yeah, all I can say is thank you because without this, I mean, it's yeah, it's been incredible. The build-up has been a little bit sort of, you know, there's been a bit of doubt in your mind whether you think you can get him back to the best, but you've persisted with him. What was going through your mind today? Did you think you were going to be able to get the job done with what he'd been doing in the week? Yeah, I mean, look, he's always a pretty average workhorse and... Um, I've, I, until until this year, I've only ever sat on him once at home. Um, so William was always pretty keen to just get me to sit on him at the races where he gives you confidence. And um, from getting off him at home, he's pretty underwhelming. Um, and, and to be honest, it put doubts in my mind, um, which, which, you know, you can't help but do. But, um, I mean, he's a... He's a mon monster when he gets on track and just changes and um, how tough he was there. Genuinely, at the 300, uh, I went into a state of... Didn't even matter what was going on around me. It was just, just him galloping and... Um, yeah, he, he's incredible. As you were working to the line, you would have felt very elegant up your outside. Were you sort of worried or you felt like you had the monster underneath you again? Honestly, I was completely sort of unaware of which horses were where or like I feel that they were pushing into the line um, but you know if ever there's a horse to have at the 200 metre in a scrap it's him. They know that Holly and your family will be watching on from the UK put into words how special this moment is for you. Genuinely um, it's the closest I've been to tears for a very 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 long time uh, and I'm not all that old so um, look uh, genuinely this is what sort of makes up what we do you know it's been pretty tough being away from home for a few months and um, I'd, I'd do it ten times over for a moment like that. I just went so slow and it became such a tactical affair and you know, they were foxing and we were in the wrong spot and it's just no one sort of saw it playing out like that. Um, Delisan leading, it was a messy race and we ended up giving a deep too big a start and he's too good a horse to be giving three lengths to and she tried her heart out but obviously just couldn't run him down. You just had a long chat to the jockey James McDonald and trainer Chris Waller. What was the debrief? Just, it's a bit of a train wreck. Like it just didn't go right for us. You know, she's not the sort of horse you ride cute. Um, and as soon as she started over racing and he had to expose her early and it just all went wrong for us. And to Tommy Markwin's credit, you know, his horse is back in the field and he you know, he, he showed the initiative to get outside of Dallasan and that, that won in the race. What about the future with the horse? Because all of the owners are looking towards a possible Arc de Triomphe run yeah. in October. Yeah. Does this change things or not? Not at all. You know, she's run out of her skin, you know, against a world-class horse. And 
Nah, I think it only steals our resolve to get to Paris and prove how good she is on the world stage. Well, I think Racing New South Wales have got it right with the uh, the two carnivals we have now in Sydney. We've got the it, it was always the Sydney Autumn Carnival. It was it, it it revolved around Easter, but things changed. And about what was it seven seven or eight years ago, the name the championships came about, yep. and now added to that the spring, which was dead and gone. We finished on Epsom Day. Now we've got the big Everest Carnival into the Golden Carnival <laughs> at uh, at Rose Hill. It's it's pretty buoyant. Non-stop here in Sydney. Yeah, well, we've still got the All Age next week. Then those champagne, the champagnes coming up. Um, the two big provincial Gosford this year. We got the big race yes. at Gosford, yeah. Hawkesbury, Gosford, and um, yeah, it's just non-stop. Non-stop. Mm. Uh, let's go out to uh, Greg Pritchard, who yesterday caught up with Peter Volandis about the race, the Queen Elizabeth, and his reflections on the carnival and everything going forward. Absolutely great race. That's what racing's all about. That's what you come to see. And look, um, I still, I'm still got chills up my spine watching it. Racing's coming out of COVID and it's coming out of it pretty strongly. How much good management and cooperation by the stakeholders is responsible for that? I think it's 100% responsible. If the stakeholders didn't abide by the protocols, conscientiously and professionally, we wouldn't be here. You know, we've gone through the whole pandemic, continued to race. We've been able to lift our profile due to it because of the lockdowns and all the credit goes to the, the trainers, the jockeys and every person that works in the racing industry for abiding by the biosecurity protocols. They're the protocols they learned during equine influenza 10 years ago. So we've implemented them again and we've been very successful in, um, in the implementation of them but they wouldn't have been without their strict adherence. As positive as you are, did you fear at any stage that you were close to a situation where things were going to come undone and the sport would be shut down? Never. I always had the super confidence of the participants. Look, there was an outbreak in Liverpool which was close to Warwick Farm where we had to call a race meeting off. You know, that was a bit of a concern. But, you know, we went out and we, we tested everybody. We did all, all the things that we needed to do and I think that took that risk away. So, look, 100% confident at all time because I had faith in the participants. You've been an agent of change in racing and you've been one in rugby league in the last couple of years as well. What's in store for racing in this state? Look, we've got a couple of new ideas that we're going to float in the next few months. You can't stand still. If you stand still, you perish. And uh, racing's like anything else. It's a product that needs customers and fans. And you need to entertain them. You need to give them an escapism. So we're going to find new things for the new generations. You know, we've got, we've got the product for the older generations and the mid-generations, but there's another generation coming through. Like just in my office alone, there's a 25-year-old and a 20-year-old, and they're two different generations. So you need to keep up with them, because if you don't, um, you may not be around one day. A lot of discussion recently that the one-week delay to the carnival due to rain has been a good thing because it allowed more Victorian and New Zealand horses to join in. Could it become a reality in the future? Look, we always do a post-mortem at the end of the carnival to see what worked and what didn't work. You know, we had that one-day race meeting, which was just a normal race meeting, so if we needed to, to, to go forward a week, we could. We'll certainly put that in again, because it definitely worked in this situation, and that's the beauty of having one race club in New South Wales, the Australian Turf Club. Great partners. We, we, you know, we didn't need to speak to three or four different clubs. We only needed to speak to one, and we were able to do it. You know, it's a different situation in other other states where you have to talk to multiple stakeholders who have got multiple meetings. Um, so, uh, but we'll look at it at the end of the month with the ATC and see what we can change and what we can improve. You've got no shortage of things to do. When people look on from the outside and think, 
why isn't the relationship between New South Wales racing and Victorian racing officials better and what can be done about that? What can you say? Look, all I can say is competition's healthy and when you provide competition, the, the people in the competition perform better. Your outcomes are better. So the more competition we get, the better we'll go and the more competition they'll get, the better they go. And I don't think that they're quite used to having competition. That's a problem. And, but we're here to give competition and we make no apology for it and we're going to keep getting bigger and stronger. Are we getting closer to races like the Everest and the Golden Eagle picking up group status? Not really. Look, I don't think it's needed because it's, they're new generational races. They're, they're not for the old uh, traditionalists. They're, they're for the young generations coming through. 22,000 tickets were sold a couple of years ago. 80% of those were under 30. And, and that's what is important to me. The group status isn't important. What's important is being relevant to a new generation of people. What do you say to race goers and punters alike, those who come to the races, those who just bet at home, at, down at the pub, about the future of racing over the next six months and how much they may enjoy it? Look, look racing is like anything else as entertainment. It's an escapism. You have a bet to get away from your normal life and your normal stresses and normal things that you do. And it takes you to, you know, to a form of entertainment. And, and that's what we, sports administrators have to understand is that we are entertainment, we're an escapism, and people do it to be entertained. And so we'll continue to do our best to satisfy that, that need. Do you think we can see a full house at Ramwick in the spring? Absolutely, and I think you'll see a bigger than a big house because the new Winks grandstand should be open and ready to go, and that's going to fit another six or 7,000 people from the public. Um, it's going to take Sydney to new, to new dimensions. Now, the Everest is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and, and as I said, we've got a few other ideas coming up our sleeves, which probably send shudder to some people, uh, and we'll look at them in the next couple of months. And finally, with you, you're running racing in New South Wales. You're running rugby league as well. How long can you keep doing that? How long do you want to keep doing that? Look, it's hard. There's no, no doubt it's hard. But, you know, I, I try to do the rugby league before, work, before and after work. Um, so there's early starts, you know, four or five o'clock starts, and then you've got late nights. But I'm enjoying it, and... While I'm continuing to enjoy it and I, and I can continue to see positive outcomes, I'll keep doing it. The day I stop enjoying it and the day I see negative outcomes, uh, I'll stop doing it. Alright, it's time to have a look at the uh, Sydney Cup and it was a record equaling Sydney Cup for Chris Waller. He's now won five with a horse right down the bottom of the page, Salino, to give Ronnie Stewart his first ever Group 1 win. Yeah, big moment for him and uh, he's just too good, Chris Waller. Um, he's, been, he, um, through, he's been saying this is the Sydney Cup was for a, a long time. Dizzy's a tough ride. Um, it, look, it didn't... On paper you think, oh yeah, he just went around and it wasn't a good ride. This was a very good ride because this is a very difficult horse. He could have easily just got fed up with this horse mid-race and made a big move early on him because he was pulling his arms out, doing everything wrong, uh, but he, he kept his cool running, um, rides light, uh, gets the job done, out, just simply outstays and he's got bad habits. Look at him wanting to hang in again there yesterday. I was all, all over this horse until I saw him hanging like that last last start. But uh, So that's what turns you off? It just, you just can't do things, little things like that wrong. Well, apparently you can. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Well, there were a, oh. a few results yesterday that were not predicted, so do yeah. what you want with that form. Well... What stands out to me from this result, and back to the track factor, is the two horses that Quinella this race easily 
are the two backup horses mm. from last mm -hmm. week. And that's the form we were disregarding. So, yeah, they maybe just, they had those tough, you know, that tough run under their belt that helped them come through at the end of this race. You know, you, you, there's other, obviously, there's other good, Mamie Baum was a great effort here. Um, she'd been set up for the race and peaked on the right day. She's ideal, should have finished much closer. Now, she stood in the barrier, then she got revved up and switched on early, and then um, on the inside part of the track, as it turns out, not the place to be. Uh, I thought Realm of Flowers got held up at a vital stage and should have finished closer as well, just interrupted that momentum with her. Maybe Spirit Ridge didn't stay. The Chosen One was pretty good from the back. Um, he, he made good ground, but as you can see, uh, a, a really good competitive Sydney Cup, uh, but he rounds them up and more or less has them beaten on the point of the turn here. Um, Salino and um, good training performance. Like I said, Chris has been had the eye on the prize for a, a long way with this horse. All right. Well, so Salino wins the uh, Sydney Cup, and it was another milestone for uh, Chris Waller. He now goes to after yesterday 124. Group one wins in his career, but uh, Ronnie Stewart, who's been travelling, he's uh, ridden a lot in Singapore, but uh, back in Sydney, his first group one, and here they were after the race. He's a beautiful young man. Um, I remember when he was an apprentice here in Sydney, I was cutting my teeth the same time as him. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was wrapped to give him the opportunity. Um, natural, lightweight rider, he works hard. He's ridden overseas in Singapore successfully, and he was the right man for the job. Have you always had confidence in Salino? We have. He was sent to me in very good form. They might have lost a bit of confidence in me when they saw him going around and running in 2,000 metre races, 2,600 metre races. But we've said all along, stick, stick, to the, stick to the confidence of running in this race. It's his race. He's an extreme distance horse and he certainly showed that today. I've done a lot of riding here as a kid and I sort of went back overseas and sort of I've never really thought about coming back here and look, I had a phone call from Richie Callender who sort of used to help us out a bit in my apprentice days and sort of put my name forward to, for Chris Waller and that and I've been doing a bit of riding at Queensland and uh, luckily I can ride light and picked up a nice ride. It was a tough ride but it kept unfolding nicely for us. Um, it certainly wasn't easy. He was quite strong throughout, but I could see that in his replays. He's done that in the past. Uh, but when I sort of straightened up down that side there with about 1,000 to go, and I had plenty of horse there, I thought, OK, we've got no weight on our back. Catch me if you can. How was the feeling working to the line, knowing that you had a horse that was going to stay and going to find the line as strongly as he did? Knowing Randwick really well, I was a bit concerned about going a little bit early, especially I was sort of sliding up, sort of up that rise. But I had so much uh, horse under me with the light load. Um, I could see the horse sort of coming doggedly that last 50 and I sort of, I wouldn't say I held my breath, but I was, <laughs> I was screaming as loud as I could and, uh, you know, in, in the end of the day we got the job done. She's run really well, uh, you know, she probably got a bit further back than we would have liked and left her a bit to do, but uh, you know, she closed on really well and as you said she's, she's run a solid third. The jockey had to push the horse along from about the 800 there, but it just kept coming. Yeah, I think he said it was a bit of a stop-start tempo, you know. Quickened and then slacked the pace a few times during the race, which may not have suited her. But look, she's run very honestly. She's had a, a good preparation up here. She's run third in the Tankard and third in the Sydney Cup. Earlier in the day, uh, Chris Waller won the Oaks with Hungry Heart. And when we come back, we'll look at the win by this Frankel filly.
Well, the uh, daughter of Frankel is now an Oaks winner. It looks pretty good on the page. Uh, Hungry Heart has now won back-to-back -back Group 1s off the back of the Vinery. She now wins the Australian Oaks. Well, she she's always she always threatened it at two, but she has now she has really turned the corner, confirming her talent now. She and she stretches it out to a mile and a half. Uh, so that just opens so many doors for her come the spring. It's at that time of year we start talking Caulfield Cups. Probably is again with these three-year-old fillies, but no, she was she was a, a an absolute ripper there yesterday. Do I terrific again? I, it was just a beautiful ride by Bowman. Look at him coming in, come through here, minding his own business. He gets on hungry, hearts back there, and for one stride when she come off it, I thought, hello, she's going to pounce. Uh, just the quality of the winner. Um, just held her off there, but uh, a, a great Bowman ride there, I would have thought. Bargain was good again. Uh, Amaralina, first prep, so probably all too soon for her. I'm not knocking her, and, uh, well, the Montefilia, still little doubts on her staying ability, but she definitely turned the corner, hasn't she? Definitely turned the corner, yeah. She's just, I remember we just speaking off camera, Kathy O'Hara had been mm. trialling her and said mm. she won't get beat in this preparation. Mm. Well, she was beaten a couple of times, but she's won two group ones, so, yeah, uh, yeah look, she's, she just was peaking at the right time. She was better than, I think she was just better than all of these horses yesterday, and she was probably the one that was the anomaly out of the wet track. She doesn't really like it, but she got through it. But I think it's just, you know, Frankel, when you look back through his record, one of his greatest wins was on a wet track. So mm. there's got to be some element of her handling it in her pedigree. Uh, Bargain will carry on to Queensland. Okay. Um, but obviously Harmony Rose going for a spell. She hasn't recovered from that gut buster mm. last time. Maybe she's a mile of Harmony Rose. She had a picnic in front and didn't, didn't really quicken. I think she can run 2,000, but mm. it's not going to be at a frenetic tempo. No, fair enough. Well, she certainly has evolved into an outstanding filly, no matter which way you look at it. And uh, Chris Waller yesterday won his fourth Oaks. Very special, um, as we said, after a first group one win a few weeks back, the international stage is, is what racing's all about and people are recognising um, Australian racing for all the right reasons during COVID. And when you've got a Frankel filly winning the Australian Oaks, I think it's pretty special. So. Yeah, she backed up that good run two weeks ago, and it's, I think, a good, a good advertisement for our system. We had her running in the Golden Slipper, and now she's running at the extreme distance for a three-year-old filly. So thanks to my team, and obviously a great ride from Kira McAvoy. So how has she evolved in your mind? Uh, well, to start with, she's good, and she's just matured with age. Um, as a two-year-old, she used to get on her toes and be a bit bubbly, as you'd expect a young filly to be. And as a three-year-old now, albeit only 12 months later, she's really matured into a relaxed, beautiful horse to work with. She was able to step nicely from the barriers and, and lob into a, a spot not far from the front. Um, I was happy with the rhythm she got in. Different sort of race to last time um, at Rose Hill. And Josh rated his horse quite um, cannily in front. Uh, so you were a bit worried when uh, the pace was not really on for her? I, I wasn't because I was in a position where I was going to be able to move into it. but. Um, when I wanted to, and that's what I did. And, and she was full of running from sort of the 600 onwards. When I did make my own inroads into the race and um, top of the lane, I thought they were gonna be good to beat me and, and she, uh, Julie, went on and won the race. So credit to Chris Waller and his team and uh, she's a sweet little filly that's gone from strength to strength this time in. Uh, representing the owners, Yulong, who have got a slot in the Everest, uh, Sam Fairgray. 
Uh, he'll be over the moon. Um, Mr. Zhang so passionate and uh, for him to get a filly like this so early on in the development of Yulong here in Australia, uh, Mr. Zhang, he's back in China but uh, I'm sure he'll be very, very proud. I believe one or two of his blood relatives are here? That's right, his, uh, his daughter and son-in-law are here. Um, they work with us here, uh, here on the property uh, down in Victoria. I've, found, I've finally got to the bottom of this name because there's nothing in the breeding to suggest Hungry Heart, which is of course a famous Bruce Springsteen song. Apparently you're responsible. Tell us the story. I was driving uh, back from the farm to Melbourne one day and uh, Sue, uh, administration office uh, lady, she called me and said uh, we'd failed on another name and uh, I got off the phone and Bruce Springsteen, uh, Hungry Heart was playing so I, th I called her back and I said see if we can get Hungry Heart. So she came back to me the next day and said we've got it so uh, here she is and she's, uh, she's now an Oaks winner. She sure is. She sure That's is here. That's a good story. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Here's the market for the all-age stakes coming up next Saturday. We've got the all-age stakes and also the champagne. Mass Crusader, Berry Rides, 280. Uh, this is a, a, no nominations taken for next Saturday yet. So they'll be out Monday and we'll wait to see who is there. We'll just go over to the second page because we're going to hear from Chris Waller because imaging is being uh, set for this race. A fifteen dollar chance. Ice bath gone for a spell. Ice bath in the paddock. Right. Well, let's wait until Monday. Prague uh, to see that. Prague could. Uh, could back up. Know, could back up. Yeah, um, and the champagne stakes was dealt a blow yesterday for the staff. Not for you. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> Not for you. You're. You're just devastated to see Animo <laughs> missing from that field because the Queen's going around. But uh, Animo, the Godolphin took Animo out of the champ. Oh, it didn't. It was never nominated. They declared that it won't. It was going to the paddock. Yeah, that's unfortunate. It was. It was a moment. It was in the in the in the minutes surrounding your interview with Tim, Tim Clark, Clark after Converge mm. won the first. Gave him a dig in the ribs as well mm. when he said, "Oh well, there's nothing else to beat, is there?" <laughs> <laughs> How, How dare, dare you? you? Queen. <laughs> Queen's coming into the play now. Uh, so we're going to hear from Chris Waller here with imaging uh, going into the All Age Stakes and also Nature Strip. It's. Uh, Chris Waller has one thing on his mind from now on, and that is getting this horse to the Everest, and it looks like he's going via Brisbane. He's had a freshen up since his last run. Uh, his work's been good. He's had a, a jump out at home, so uh, he's ready to go. Um, he'll need to be at his best to win, but we saw first up in a similar type race in Melbourne. He ran second after a tough run in transit, so he's going well. Beyond that, there's the Brisbane Carnival, of course, and we already know that Nature Strip is headed there, and part of that is because of the long gap between the autumn and the spring. Yeah, and it's obviously, um, he's a sprinter, and in my opinion, just a little bit easier to, to keep sharp for specific races with a stayer or middle distance horse. They need to have prep runs, but not Nature Strip. He's ready to go. So he enjoyed um, three or four days off. Uh, he's back into it now and, and ready to prepare for the 15th of May at Doombin. Uh, so it'll be great for everybody to see and I'm sure there'll be a few others there as well but really happy with how he's um, progressed. Uh, he's a, I wouldn't say he's a foolproof horse but gee, James McDonald last start and even Jamie Carr back in the early part of the autumn and the lightning showed that he can really switch off, settle and be a different horse when he's, um, when he's chasing rather than being the one chasing. 
Lizzie, what's your theory about this being a good move by Chris Waller going to Brisbane and keeping Nature Strip going that little bit longer? Well, I think that he's a horse who's better. It's proved he's better in the autumn. And I think that the, the reason that there's not a long gap between preparations and he's more forward in condition. And I think he has to be rock hard fit at the start of his campaign. And they sort of, you know, there's gradual improvement through his runs, but because he really overexerts himself in every single run. He needs to be really, really fit. So I think that going to Brisbane's a really shrewd move. Oh, he's yeah. gonna be, you know, he's gonna be just absolutely perfect for the spring because he doesn't really need to have a break. Look at the size of him. He's mm. he's a he copes with everything. It's probably mentally he just needs to chill out but fitness wise he'd be a hard horse to keep up to the mark. I agree. Uh, look he's a mature gilding. He probably loves being spoilt in the stable. You go to this paddock and sulk through winter. I know it feels... As you do. Well, he does now. Now he has to stay here. <laughs> uh, there, a lot of horses are either spring or autumn horses. Like, And you see that mm. as well in, the, in how they look and how they present. And, you, and a lot of the time in the spring, they don't come back necessarily how you would expect them to because of that cooler climate and they you know they hold on to their coats and they don't train as well and yeah some of them just don't spell well they prefer being in the state yeah, yeah and you know we forgot maybe you know you can look back oh he's not a spring horse he's more of an autumn horse and there's stats there that you can say but he has run well in the spring he has no it's not that i'm saying he's not a spring horse i'm just saying he i think he looks better in the autumn when i see him he always looks at a little bit more forward in condition from the start of his preparations where opposed to last spring he held on to his coat a bit more he probably wasn't as tuned up but as soon as he came back this autumn I thought oh you're really you're much more forward than you were mm. last mm. spring. Are we judging him on the Everest last year where he was off you know he just wasn't right remember he had those issues well, that, that was, that fall and well uh, that was the reason and, he was and then he had the problem with the remember he went from the shavings because he was he, he, he wasn't coping with the shavings so he went to the paper yeah. in well, his he, box I, and I all just that think sort of he stuff. Was, he I think Chris would say and he was probably just like that half a run short each time mm. and with a horse like him if he's putting 110% into each run and you're half a run short, you're never going to play that catch-up. It was a disastrous lead-up to the Everest. What? Everything went same, wrong. He had to trial again, then he dumps McDonald in a trial, then he got a trial again, and mm. it was it was never going to happen. No. Another horse, Mask Crusader, he came back a lot better this autumn. He's, mm. it's, it shows. Mm. Got to learn to jump. That's all he's got to do. <laughs> There's well, a few like that. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to jump into a break. When we come back, Natoya... Her career's almost over, not yet, but she's got another big group one at the mile at Ramwick. That's next. Well, Natoya, she loves the Ramwick mile. Absolutely loves the Ramwick mile. She's a Doncaster winner. Now she is a Queen of the Turf winner. Here she is launching down the outside in the group one yesterday. And from the point of the turn onwards, yeah, you could have nearly claimed her the winner, the way she come around there and Tommy Berry just sprung her into action here. I, and she, look, what a story. She, too, she just loves this Ramwick mile, loves the jar out of the track. And I think Probabile was maybe ridden a little bit close. Um, I'm, I'm just looking clutching at straws for her supporters, but uh, she just got there a bit soon and raced a little bit closer than I thought she should have. But, you know, that's, like I said, she was, at the end, she was probably beaten by a, 
on a merits by a, a pretty good mare, and that we know when she puts in, uh, she puts right in. So yeah, she's also a, a good wet tracker. Yeah, she she loves to stick out of the ground, and like uh, most of the Sebrings and Quantum Mechanics had a good prep here. Colette, she just hasn't gone on with it since those two big runs back, uh, but still was far from disgrace there. Graceful oh. glamour, as Mark Newman, Newnham says. She just she turns it up when she can smell a wet track. Yeah. yeah she, and had, she dropped right out. She and just you, gives herself a day off. Yeah. You saw Colette hitting the line strongly. She likes, she gets through it quite nicely as mm. well. So. Vangelic got hurled up there between the four and the 300 and, and should have finished closer as well. And the second favourite, Odium, um, she was declared a runner. She got her head down uh, in the stalls here. You'll see as they're about to jump and they lose the six lengths, game over. Uh, so that's, that's racing, as they say. But... Uh, the story continues uh, with Natoya. Um, she, she's out there, Wendy Roach. She's way out there. Oh, she's out there, all right. You're going to interview Wendy next time. I'm just <laughs> going to give you the microphone and let you loose. <laughs> oh, um, she's a character. A she real is, character. She is a character. Here's, here's our conversation after Natoya's win. John rang up and said, what about Tommy? And I said, yeah, and I rang a few people and they didn't answer the phone. And then I rang Tommy and um, Tommy's mum and she gave me the number. And then I got John to ring Tommy because I thought he would have a lot more pull than me. Um, and he did. And Tommy's manager rang back the next day and said, yes, he said, you're not in the race. And I said, what? And I said, Jesus. So I rang um, Greg White and his wife, Jody, and they paid the late nom, so I can pay them back now. Okay, that's great. Uh, she's done it again. She loves this Ramwick Mile. What is it about the Ramwick Mile and Natoya? She's her own worst enemy. Like, she was naughty in the gates, which is a good sign, but, like, she was naughty last week. She missed the kick by three. She was 20 lengths off them, and you can't do that in a group one against the world's best horses. Um, so, you know, she only got beat 4.3 in the Class B part of the track like James McDonald suggested it wasn't a bad ride it's just where you had to go with her she needs pace she's and you know like Peter Moody said about Mask Crusader last week on the forums all week you know these horses that get back they need a lot of luck and a lot of pace and she had that today she's good I think getting getting her to the barriers is the hardest part well going along at a leisurely canter there and she went to put the brakes on with me at the bottom steward tower there and almost threw me over her head but um no, she was in a, a great mood today and I think when she's in a She's in one of those moods is when she's at her best and she enjoys getting her toe into the ground, which she, she eventually got. And um, I was very confident a long way out. She was just going so well for me. And she just brings out them little special performances every now and then like she did in the Doncaster last year. Uh, two career group ones now for Wendy Roach and that is 33 for Tommy Berry. When we come back, the provincial championship final yesterday at Ramwick. Provincial Championships final won by Crystal Breeze yesterday. You were dying to tip this horse. In fact, you were tipping it, I reckon, all the way up until when, when the barrier draw came out. Yep. Um, just a, I just love the way Chris had set him up. He'd held him back a long time for this race and he showed great ability last year. And I just couldn't find a spot for him on the map, but what a ride. Um, a day of rides. And, but Bowman just found the cover from the barrier. They went quick enough for him. He just presented, wanted to do a few little things wrong late, uh, but they're just a perfect setup by Chris. And uh, just to give him the extra run and peek him into the race. 
I thought he was far from disgraced, Pandano. He just may want a, a mile now, I think. He just he could, couldn't sprint um, where he was still rallying. You know, another 50 metres, he probably worries the other horse out of it, I think. Um, what do we want to say about the others? There's some nice horses here. I think I want to follow Loch Lamond later on. I think uh, he can make well, he can make the grade eventually. And Electric Girl probably wanted it dry. Living in the fast lane, what a day for the, uh, <laughs> the the prices there. Run a really good race here for a long shot. Living in the fast lane, and, and I think. Um, Claire Levers too, who weren't in the market, she she presented them to run really well and they ran right to their best form uh, on the day just to finish behind them there, Grace Bay and Diva uh, Bella. So uh, the two big guns, I think that was always looked a strong heat and they fought it out. Jamara, there was a, a, a report here in the stewards report that she was making a bit of a noise, a respiratory noise, so there was excuses there and she was pretty buzzed up before the race. Mm. And you hear from uh, Chris Lees and Hugh Bowman and also one of the part owners of Crystal Breeze, Darren Ford. Rare when a, a, you set a plan from back in last winter, we put him away with this race in mind, brought him up really slowly and um, yeah, it was great that he could produce on the day. Barry Draw come out, we are a little concerned but he, he got a lovely run and he looked the winner, but just a favourite. He's a tough horse, and he, he fought back, but um, we're able to get there in the finish. This horse has been prepped for the race, and he obviously qualified nice and early, so Chris was able to really prepare him for to peak on the day, and that's exactly what's happened. And we were our, our confidence was dented a little with the barrier draw, but fortunately, with a nice genuine pace, I found myself with a nice run midfield, which what we is what we hoped for. And here's the strongest horse late. Great day, Greg. I'm off the race off and get the trophy, surely. But anyway, uh, <laughs> no, nah, good day, mate. Trained to the minute by uh, Chris. Um, a Bowman special, too, I have to say. Sounds like a real tight-knit Newcastle group among the owners. You played for the Knights in 88-89. Many years ago, Greg. Not very well, but uh, I'll hang my head on that anyway. Well, that would be popular with Chris because he loves his footy. Yeah, he does, mate. And, um, yeah, it's a, a big group of owners. A lot of blokes from Newcastle. A few, few from Taree as well, so spread far and wide. But... Um, Chris always had this in mind for the last eight months and it came off today, which was uh, fantastic. This is what Chris is all about, isn't it? Producing these horses, gathering a lot of owners and winning races. It, it is, mate. And yeah, that probably probably passed the Group 3 listed race today. It was a pretty strong field, so to win that win so well was very pleasing. Two very likeable guys, Robert and Luke Price. They are the father and son training combination. They have stables at Kembla Grange and also Nara. This was their biggest day at the races yesterday when this game filly, Jamea, won the million dollar Percy Sykes. Well, and I'm talking about Bowman in the previous replay. Well, have a look at this from the outside barrier. You see the, if you see the overhead shot of this, this was just one special ride. Um, on Jamea and, and, and very popular result on the back of obviously the, the uh, Robert's brother-in-law Terry Robinson winning yeah. last week. They're all Robinsons. And Tommy Berry riding a boat. If Tommy run for mayor in, in, in the south coast I think he'd get it. I well, think he'd get the nod. The Robinsons, are, they're all from Berry. Hmm. They're all from Berry. So who do you go to? 
A bloke called Berry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but oh, I didn't see the that. The way one he coming. squeezed through there. You didn't see that one coming. No, I didn't. No, not at all. Not from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are on good form. Good form this morning. <laughs> Who upset you? Get over the track, will you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's a good filly, Crystal Bound. I um, you know, had to answer a question at. 1,200 metres there, and I, I thought she she did a really good job. I think Joyous Legend will be a better filly next prep. She's still, you know, I think the pedigree will tell you that too. Being out of more Joyous, she'll just take a bit more time to mature. But And the talking points of the race, uh, Narge Marty, Spell, they're saying, aren't they? Slow to recover, Spell. Yeah, and try fast here. I was convinced you know, she's right up there eventually with a horse like Stay Inside. Uh, I think that's how good she is, but um, she's got to learn how to race. And, and they, the, if you ever see me backing horses with, I, I, I know the bar plates are bad, but if you, if I, if they well, want to put just, my, let me just write this down. down. <laughs> <laughs> Any horse that goes in the, the, unless it's an old horse that's had an experience, these muffs. It's doing a really good job keeping those horses calm around the in, yard. In what, in what circumstance? Just in, in, in races in general? In, in races. Once they take mm. them off, they leave them on the yard, put them on the yard, and they take them off at the start. And they're going to put these, the new trick is put these muffs on in a race, like they do in Japan. I don't know what they do. They're they, they born with a set of muffs. <laughs> Um, I want nothing to do with muffs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me out of them. Did you see? Winks went good in them that day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm just, that, that's I'm just, just personal pet hate. I'm just, I'm just writing that's it down. A new one. List. Okay, what were they? Muffs. Muffs. That's <laughs> right. They, she did cop a rather large bump from her stable mate as well. That, okay. I'm blaming the muffs. Okay. The muffs. Here's Luke Price and Tommy Berry. Just an outstanding result, like a filly that we've had a lot of time for, for a long time. Um, look, got a lot of people to thank, Bruce and Ken Noble who own the filly. Um, Rocky Ryan is at home injured, you know, he's done a lot of work with her. And yeah, we come here today hoping for the best and we got it. Yeah, we could have got ran around the slipper. Um, it was the best decision ever so far. It was as hard as it was, knocking back a slipper runner. Um, but look, she's, she's a special filly. Um, Brock said it for a long time and so have I. So yeah, we're getting a bit emotional now. Why not? <laughs> Enjoy it, you've got to soak it up. She's getting better. Oh look, there's a lot to come. Like we, we've, there's just something about her that not many other horses have. And, she just gives you an amazing feel. Tommy come and trialled her the other day and he, he left the place very confident that we could win today. And then I, I rode a Tuesday in a gallop and um, I was absolutely beaming. It's made it very easy to get out of bed, that's for sure. I rode this filly the week before the slipper and she gave me a lovely feel, but was very hot and, and above herself in the yard, which she's unlike her. So it just sort of showed that she was looking for a little bit of a let up and full credit to the team. They could have gone to the slipper, but they decided to wait, give her a little bit of a break and um, I was, I was just wrapped from. I went down and trialled her a week and a half ago and there was a few other offers I had in the race but I just really liked this filly. There was just something about her that she's got a great attitude and I learned a lot about her when I rode her the, at her last start that I tried to come around them and make that long run and my run ended at about the 150 so I, know, I knew she'd have a good turn of foot but it's only very short lived and that worked in our favour today. And now we go to the Arrowfield three-year-old sprint, uh, 1,200 metres, group two, where the boys meet the girls, and it was the Colt beating the filly. He's a good Colt. He, he is a good Colt, Wild Ruler. He, you know, he's 
had his excuses along the way, but um, that ended up a beautiful barrier for him yesterday. He just got into his rhythm. We know he loves Ramwick, where he's four for four now and, and all that, but yeah, he's, yeah, he, he's a, a really good sprinter, isn't he? In saying that, she's a really good filly, Isotope. Uh, she got held up for one stride there. Geez, I thought she was out in plenty of time, and some people are saying she was a certainly beat. I'm not so sure about that. You watch her here, she, she comes through, she's ridden along. She finds the winner's back and, and um, you know, I thought she had enough room there and she, present, she presents to, to finish off, which she did. It was only a bob of the head. She could be a, a real Stradbroke filly. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Prague, well, what about Prague? He's just his own worst enemy. He's just got into this habit. Just give him two lengths. He would have won if he, if he jumped, I'm convinced. And he could run well in an all-aged. And same with Amish Boy. He's a... Underrated horse. He should have finished closer there as well. What do we say about September run? You know, maybe she just doesn't go in Sydney. I don't know. Maybe she is a Melbourne horse uh, because she uh, much more was expected from a filly like her with the form line she had. Hmm? Yep. No, there was no... It actually says Chris Waller could offer no explanation hmm. from the stewards report. Uh, let's hear from Peter and... Uh, no, from Paul Snowden and also James McDonald. Then we're going to hear from Tony Gollan, narrowly beaten with Isotope. And, of course, Gollan and the Snowdens are close and Isotope lives at the Snowdens when in Sydney. Well, I was... I, as I was walking back towards you guys, well, towards Greg, I saw uh, Paul Snowden walking through and I said, well done. And then I sort of glanced my eyes back and there was Tony Gollan just two steps behind. I said, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, Good luck, bad luck. Yeah. Here's, here they are. Well, look, it raced like one, and it probably took a Group One horse to win. It was um, it was an extraordinary effort. Three deep, no cover. It's hard to do in any race, let alone a, a, a most important one as such as this. So, full credit to the horse. Um, there was a lot of horses there behind him. They had sort of the, the nice runs in transit where we faced the breeze and did it tough. And um, you know, we duly saluted. Peter and Paul were very wrapped that um, he drew out there, and look, it didn't work out perfectly, but if we're in a rhythm. He toughed it out towards the end. He's a good colt, and uh, it's good to get this race on his on his CV because he's a, he's very good on his day. We've had a great preparation with her down here in Sydney, and I can't really fault anything. She, you know, the winner did a good job. It was three deep outside lead, and we we're getting a better softer run in behind, and they just give a good kick and heads up, heads down on the line. You know, one winner, one loser. You've had a ball at this carnival, I guess. It's, um, yeah, as I say, unfortunate you lost today, but geez, you've got some good results. Yeah, we've had a, we've had a really good autumn um, you know, down here in Sydney. And one thing about this filly, you're going to see her back here again in the spring. She's a, she's a good filly. She'll only improve with more maturity. Uh, really proud of her, the effort she done today. Just unfortunate. Heads up, heads down. Uh, now let's go to the final race of the day. We'll come back. We've got other races to, uh, to look at. But Joe Pride spoke to us prior to this race and said... If the real Fasica turns up, she'll win. But he said, I can't tell you whether she will turn up. But he said, I think I've got her right. She was ready to be retired if she didn't run well here. Incredible, yeah, look, and, um, and she gets out and wins a, a really good race here. The, you know, Group 2 Sapphire Stakes. And and she's just a racehorse. Like, there were worrying signs with the trials, considering you know how she used to trial as a younger horse. But... Joe was right. Um, I think the master stroke was when she had those two runs last preparation that he thought, oh, she's not 
you know, she hasn't come up how I like her to come up, you put them away straight away. Because once you, you either got these fillies and mares or you haven't. I don't think it's a case of whether she comes up. I think she's just very difficult to manage soundness-wise. Mm -hmm. You look at the size of it, she's yeah. huge. Massive. And I think she hasn't got been blessed with the, you know, the, the best legs. So I think that's what, what, help, what is hard for them to keep her sound. Yeah. Uh, on Trevere... Is very good, and she was gallant in defeat. Wide all, all the way, it had to make a you know sharp spin from the top of the straight. She's been up a while. She is very good. I look forward to seeing her in Australia again. Uh, Wanderbar uh, busting to win another race. Sweet deal. That was a big return to form from her. But I think she goes to a mare's sale. She'll Fiesta. be better on top of the ground. Yeah, she will be. And Fiesta held up her life story between the four and the three, and may may have run a place. Um, and Tefale was a bit fresh, I thought, raced a little bit fresh, wanted to get on the bit without relaxing, but take nothing away from the winner. She was first up, uh, does the donkey work, and uh, I would have thought, looking at it, the race live, I thought, geez, they're walking here for a sprint race, but the time didn't say that. As we go to a break, here's Joe Pride and Brenton Abdullah. Well, I'd say the Kiwi mare's a very good mare, you know, there's no, no doubting that. She was a lovely horse in the parade, but my mare's first run in a long time and she's got good improvement in her. I was just so relieved when I got here today and the, the sting was out of the track. It's done her a big favour, so... Um, I mean, she's a great competitor on her day, but I just think she's at her best, as I say, when she gets that sting out. She's a mare that um, might not be the best horse I've ever ridden, but she's definitely one of my favourites. She just puts it all out there for you. and she, She's not the soundest mare, so Joe does an unbelievable job with her. Um, He's been telling me she's been airborne all prep and then she had that setback and I trialled her the air last week and I wasn't happy with her at all. I thought she trialled poorly just for her and I was 50-50 whether I actually wanted to stick with her this week but James Mosson Connections have been so good to me, Joe Pride as well and she's a funny mare. Usually I can to the gates and I know if she's on or she's off and the way she can to the gates today, she just felt a completely different also last week. So I rode her confidently, she's got great speed. I just let her do her own thing out there and um, when the whips are cracking, she, she dug deep for me. And we're going to finish the show going right back to the very start of the day. I don't know how that works. We're going to go <laughs> right at the end. We go back to races one and two. Here's uh, race one. Uh, Tim Clark's been waiting all show to see himself. And these were two great rides where he just dominated. Uh, he took the sit in the first one on Converge. Yeah, and I think that was the difference. I think most people expected, ooh, two aggressive uh, trainers here who are bullish about tactics, you know, Gay and Adrian and Bjorn, they like to toughen out up front and they get a lot of results doing it, but Tim didn't fall for the three card trick, he took the sit straight away and used the horse's sprint and it was a lovely, lovely move. I still like Morris was my dad, I thought he toughed it out well again, he, he just keeps grinding at the one speed there, Akahata was okay. He'll make the grade Arnaquir and with time, just wasn't run to suit him. So these are all... You know, well now Animo's out of the road. Um, these are all just the little fringe dwellers. You know, the, the Champagne Stakes might have turned into a six-horse field to a 16-horse field mm. with him out of the road. So, But the Queen's in play. She's in play. How is the Queen? She's good. Mm -hmm. Looking for further? She's Could be an Oaks filly next year. <laughs> She's looking for a lot further. Mile, 2,000. There are no 2,000-metre races I for two-year-olds. You'd love that, wouldn't love you? Love that at this time mm. of year. Japan. Yeah. They start off at 2,000. I wouldn't mind mm. a trip away. But yeah, mm. no, they, they, well, he's into Converge, oh. I think, is into $8. Easy. Yeah. We've got um, 
We've got Adrian Bott and Tim Clark. In this interview you did with Tim, he says uh, about the champagne, he says, oh, I hope the truck breaks down and Animo <laughs> doesn't make it to the races. And they announced almost to the second that Animo was going to the spelling paddock and not there. Uh, let's go and hear from Adrian Bott and Tim Clark. Yeah, lovely, nice measured ride today. Um, obviously, first time at the mile today. Just wanted to be a little bit conservative. We thought there might have been a might have been a bit of pressure there from the outside. And um, look, he's just such a tractable horse. Ask him to come back, as you saw, he settled nicely. So um, we knew he'd a sharp turn of foot, and uh, just wanted to conserve that for him. We will give serious consideration to backing up next weekend, uh, Champagne Stakes for him. Um, that was sort of always on the cards. We just wanted to come here today, see him at the mile first, and we can uh, assess from there. Father is always going to be effective when he got out to this trip, and he'd come through the right races leading up into it and his preparation was probably built around um, this week and, and potentially next week so he was always going to continue into uh, to improve as he got into his prep but um, look it was yeah I would have been happy to take it up but there was a bit of pressure there and um, I felt that uh, I was never ever going to be in any trouble as far as getting a run when Maurice is my dad let up he was going to take me as far as I needed to go and it was just a matter of um, helping him go through his gears and thought uh, that's probably been his best performance to date, so he's heading in the right direction. So here's the new market for the Champagne Stakes. Nom's out Monday, and we can't guarantee uh, what's going there. We'll just have to wait and see, but the, the market is there. Uh, would you like an update on... Well, you've already got an update on Queen of Wizardry. For everyone else, here's an update on the Queen. And also this, this horse that... Uh, took everyone's eye in the Doncaster, the horse called Zaki. Yeah, she's she's uh, warming up each time, and this champagne's been set as her grand final. Um, you know, I really think she's shouting out for the mile, and, and you'd see that in her run at the Sarge. She was still just getting warm late, so um, looking forward to, to lining up next week. Obviously, a win would be unbelievable, but even top three with these fillies is that all-important group one black type. And what about Zaki, one of the surprise horses of the autumn so far, going to the Japan Racing Association play? Yes, um, he was a surprise to you guys, but not to me. Um, he's, he's shown a lot since I've had him at home. He's a very exciting horse. Um, so obviously all the owners are a really excited, good bunch of, of people in him. So we'll probably head up to Brisbane. Um, we'll go to the Doombin Cup and most likely via the JRA plate next week. You're getting excited. She hasn't shut up about the Queen all morning. <laughs> she wanted to start off segment one with it. <laughs> wanted to leave the it's show. The week, it's the week of the Queen. Queenie yeah. week. Yeah. Sure is. Here's the, um, here's the win of Ellsberg. Uh, a plan came off here. They set Ellsberg first up for this race, a listed South Pacific Classic, and it really was never in doubt once he went to the lead. Uh, yep, I think we saved the horse to follow for the day till last. Um, he led on the rail, he quickened. There was 1,400 first up. Uh, he's a talented, good-looking horse who just looks a different animal. Yep, he's a perfect horse for Gerald as well because he's quite gross and Gerald has got the ability to get them really fit first up into a campaign and he continued keeping the work up to him. He's a great trainer, Sterling as well, and I think that he's just... He's just placed him perfectly and prepped him up perfectly and that showed. Much better from Private Eye. I think he's a good horse with time, Rainbow Connection, uh, the third horse. Big deep end for him there and I thought he'd come through, out with flying colours. I'm just trying to work out what we can win or what the horse is going to win Ellsberg. And probably the Hawkesbury Guineas or I don't know if he, he, he could win something good in Brisbane. Uh, let's go and hear from Sterling Alexio and a double to Tim Clark.
I think he's a nice horse moving forward, Greg. Um, obviously, uh, Tim began well and controlled the race and rated him well, and he gave a good kick. But um, you know, he probably go on to a Hawkesbury Guineas and where to after that? We're not quite sure yet. But um, he's got a good future. I was fortunate enough to get on him late last prep and win on him at Rose Hill. And um, yeah, he done a good job. He, he raced deep into a, a first preparation and he, he held his condition and he formed really well. And he was only going to improve with a bit of a break and, and coming back and he, he trolled up nicely, had a, had a lovely jump out Monday morning and he was prepped up, ready to go for today and once he was able to get a bit of control and he got into a nice rhythm, he was always going to be hard to run down with no weight on his back. And a point score with all the championships races over the two days uh, on a 3-2-1 basis, James McDonald has won another Nathan Berry medal. And that wraps up the show. Surely there is nothing left to talk about. Uh, I'm sure there will be next week. Next week? Yeah, we'll start again. <laughs> yes. Today, that is it. That's, That's it. it. Thank you. All Thank eight you. steaks and champagne. Go the Queen. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.